Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Hello. 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 How was your evening? Uh, yes, gosh, I, I was doing some more hiking yesterday and um, it took me about five hours to get home from the... <laughs> the I nearly spent more time waiting on a train, train station platform than hiking. So, yeah. Yeah, Southampton's nice Southampton time, Central, yeah. yeah, there was some problem with the signals, the points. It was great, the, the announcer kept coming on saying there's been a problem with the points which allow one train to move from one track to another track. Okay. <laughs> Keep explaining what points were in his announcement <laughs> over and over and I was starting to get more and more insane about the whole thing. But um, yes, so I had quite a long day. Um, but yes, more hiking, getting yeah. there. Cool. Good stuff. Of course, it's getting a bit colder now. Is it? I noticed. Yes, yes. I think I might have caught a cold from all the yeah. hideous unwashed masses also amassed on the Southampton Central platform. So there we go. I'm going to soldier on anyway, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I'm... episode will be up sometime before Christmas. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, yeah. We're still trying to get you around the uh, southwest I, coast path. I'm hiking moment. faster than they're being broadcast, I, I think, know. at the moment, so that's quite impressive. Yeah, so good Good if you like fans. I, I, I just learned this week that you've put them all under a playlist called Gone Off on One. Yeah. Yes, so uh, look for that in YouTube <laughs> underneath the uh, How to Murder Time if you just want to see the hiking stuff. Um, yeah, That tickled me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is kind of appropriate. It works on so many levels. I can't really argue. No, no, absolutely. I've gone off on one. I've decided to just walk everywhere in the world before I die or something. Yeah. I was eyeing up the Wayfarer's Way, the, the Wayfarer's Walk the other day. I oh, thought, that's oh, God, that'd be another one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about some games because I still do that thing. Wow. I played yes, I played two new games that I've not talked oh, about two. before. Oh, two! Yes, two new things what to did talk you play? about. So I'm going to talk about Metro 2033 Redux. Ah, yes, the, Redu- um, the improved graphical fidelity version. Yes, yes, they've basically redone it under a more modern... No, because I think Metro Last Light was the more recent yeah. sequel, but they... They re-released on they consoles did... as uh, remastered versions <laughs> on the new gen. Yeah, so they basically came up with a new engine for the sequel and then just decided to go back and redo the original game, which I, I don't know, when when was the original game originally <sighs> out, the non-Redux version? God, it's got, it's got to be pushing a decade, I guess. Like, something like that, yeah. Yeah, we'll come to that as we go. I'm really enjoying it, though. It's based off the books of... Uh, <laughs> I haven't done the research. There's, there's a series Wait, of... Wait, Picnic. Huh? No, no, it's not the Stokowski brothers. Oh, is that? No, no, it's someone else entirely. But Oh, no, it's, it's, it's the underground people. But it? it is that kind of feel to it, yes. Yes, that whole sort of weird alien sort of you know, Russian sci-fi yeah. with the weird <laughs> alien zone type thing. Um, yeah, so it, it's a series of novels, which apparently are quite quite popular and quite widely acclaimed, where about post-apocalyptic, uh, well, specifically post-nuclear war Russia, basically Moscow in particular. Uh, the, when, the, when the bombs dropped, they all fled into, like, I think it is supposed to be 20, 2004 or 2014, one of those. It's, it's We're fact- safe! Well, yeah, it's, but the point being is it's not sort of weird, wacky, parallel 60s, you know, 50s or whatever that, that, that give rise to the whole Fallout sort of subgenre. It's not a, It's not supposed to be an alternate history type it's, thing. It's horribly real. It's Yeah, it is well, all the way through. I mean, yeah, I'll come to it as I go, but all the way through I, I get this sense of they're taking this seriously. Yeah. Rather than the, the sort of obvious comparisons, all the way through, you're sort of making comparisons against Fallout versus, you know, the Metro series. And Metro is, is a much more sensible thing, and I'm kind of, kind of appreciating that, really. Anyway, so, yeah, the bombs are dropped. Everyone retreated into the Moscow underground system, quite an elaborate uh, Makes sense. network of tunnels and stations and so on. Uh, and the, the action then fast-forwards 20 years 
into the future, so 2034 or 2033, whichever. It's 2033. Well, no, it's confusing because there's there's, there's books, uh, Metro 2033, 2034 and 2035. So, yeah, the sequels are basically years after each other. So... um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's your time period, that's what you're setting. But it's all based on a, a contemporary age when it went wrong, so 20 years after today. Um, yeah, you live in the exhibition station. You're Artyom, who is uh, a, a young, a young, uh, just just old enough to be a you know a sort of. I think you're sort of you know early adulthood, you know, yeah. ideal optimum video protagonist, video game protagonist age. Um, and yes, you've been raised by your stepfather, who's uh, one of the community leaders of this station. And the, and, and you periodically get visits from your uncle, who's this like, who's a ranger. Um, and there's they're this sort of elite uh, group who spend a lot of their time going out on the surface and scavenging things and looking out for trouble and that sort of thing. But the surface is just a total no-go zone. I mean, you need masks, gas masks, while you're up there with filters on the entire time anyway and much of the action takes place underground and so in the early this it sort of sets you up with um your your ranger uncle has come and said hello and then he, he said oh i'm off on a mission and he's left you some instructions if he doesn't get in touch and doesn't come back and you know sure enough so you find yourself going off on a big adventure across various uh, go for one. <clears throat> he goes <laughs> goes to various different subway stations along this route and trying to find trying to find this uncle fella um and get in touch with his, his ranger people there yeah. um all the time you've got these communities being assaulted by something called they're called the dark ones which is um and i think that's not even something i've met yet i mean there's various sort of mut- mutant creatures all attacking these subway stations as well and they're quite horrific sort of you know apex predator almost alien type creatures that are just sort of come bounding down the tunnels and you have to fight a lot off of and then yeah, there's a there's a sort of it opens actually the very start of it opens with a sort of in, further in the future, and then the whole thing is told as a flashback. And in that further in the future bit, there's a whole load of winged things going around as well, winged gargoyle type monsters as well. And then you've got weird sort of psychic emanations going on, and strange alien presences, ball lightning going up and down some of the some of the t- tube stations. So it's not you know utterly drudgingly serious. What if there's quite a bit of science magic going on as well? But it's uh, it's a really interesting interesting setting so the gameplay it really reminds me a lot of the sort of half-life stroke half-life 2 kind of sensibility there's a lot of on rails type sections yeah. literally on rails in some cases obviously it's an underground system <laughs> and there are there are various buggies and things and the obligatory vehicle level shows up here and there where you're manning a turret and trying to you know while someone else is driving a little minecart thing i mean it's a strange game it's hugely hugely narrative it is a real return to that old style which i don't think you really see as much nowadays no. that, that that very much the original Half Life and and Half Life Two, which you know follows the same largely the same narrative structure, which is essentially corridor based shooter with a lot of exposition and a lot of cutscene going on, and not a huge amount of this this sort of more modern day sensibility of the the massive open Rome box with activities everywhere as icons on the map and unlock these sectors. It's in a order. shame. Oh, we moaned about it a bit on the last show. Yeah, yeah, but I found this really welcome actually. I because I, I, I sort of. Uh, yeah, you know, reading around some of the reviews and things, and and everyone was saying it's quite an intensely story based shooter with some. I miss you know, that. I and miss it that. Is, it is absolutely that. It can. It comes with downsides though, and I suppose we, you have to sort of stop and try and think why that genre isn't prevalent still today, and why everyone's moved to the Assassin's Creed style Rome boxes for their narrative adventures. Yeah, you, you play it for so long and you're out. 
Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it is a start-middle-end story. Eventually you'll get to the far end and that's it. That, there's probably okay not, a, not a vast amount of replayability. There's hiddens and then there's, there's like flashing flashing diaries lying around the place that you need to try and collect all of them as you see as you go past. But what it does is it takes control away from you quite a lot of the time. There's, there's large sections. I mean, it, you don't have a lot of third-person cutscene. It's all told yeah. from first-person perspective, including the cutscenes. But that becomes quite jarring because during those sequences you are not controlling your character. <laughs> and it is, you know, you're, you're, the viewpoint's moving around, you're, you're doing and saying things. Well, you don't say much at all. It's the it's the, the the other old tradition of the mute protagonist, you know, the Gordon Freeman. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's a bit of character voiceover during the loading sort of screens. So you, so you hear Artyom himself reflecting on what's going on during the loading screens, but generally he doesn't talk to it anyone doesn't say anything and that's fine you know because it starts to get a bit jarring in especially in a first person perspective if you're hearing a voice that isn't really you yeah but yeah you've got whole sections where it's it's difficult to know am i playing well or am i playing badly because there's a large every so often you'll just lose or apparently lose but that's actually the story taking uh, over. Yeah. yeah. So there'll be a section where you're on this little minecart thing. You know, there's a couple of people doing pumping the thing, moving it along, and you're you're on lookout with the gun, trying to you know trying to trying to keep the stuff that's bounding down the corridors at you off of them. And there's, there's a lot of high tension drama in 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 the actual gameplay. It's a really good example of the gameplay telling the story, yeah. not just here is a generic Show shooter well. and then here are some cutscenes yeah. that you can watch afterwards. You know, it, it really does integrate all of its storytelling very closely into the gameplay itself. But that can be quite, I don't know, quite... I wouldn't say upsetting or, or, or bad because, you know, it, that is the form. It's that's the storytelling it's trying to do. But it, it, it does uh, put you in situations where you can't unexpected. Yeah, there'll be such. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, this this minecart you're driving along. It's not huge spoilers because that's very it's very early on. But basically. You'll get you'll get jumped on by a creature, not able to shoot it off, or or it won't take damage, and it 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 pulls you off the minecart. You end up on the floor, and it looks like you're dying because it all fades yeah. to red. You've got that whole on the floor sideways camera viewpoint. You think, oh god, here we go. You must think to be hit reload. Yeah, you're sort of <laughs> waiting to waiting to click to have another go to the next checkpoint and stuff. But actually, no. What you then get up, it, it fades back up from black, and you look, and the minecart's down the other end, and they're shouting, "God, oh, come!" You know. So basically, it's doing a lot of unexpected. Interruptions to the normal yeah. game loop, I think, is what that is, and it, it's really effective. And I find myself getting swept into it quite a lot. But also, I suppose I find myself quite relieved when it's apparent it's now going to leave me alone for a bit. You know, there's a, there'll be a section where you can now, now now do some gun stuff. You know, and it's very stealth heavy, or as you might imagine, tunnels full of monsters in the dark. You know. You've got weapons, all the usual thing, pistol, shotgun, AK, and all the rest of it, and and, and a sort of a, a sort of modding system where you can choose to specialise the guns. Each each hard point on the gun can take different types of mod, which specialise the gun in one direction or another. I've gone with like silencers on everything and night sights on the arctics. And I'm surprised. I don't that, even that's t- not like you at all. I'm quite a stealthy sort of person where the opportunity exists anyway, but it really does work very well in this tunnel, and it works well as well because you can see these things bounding past you, and they don't know you're there if you yeah. if you play it properly. If you do the stealth there but it's that real sort of ammo scarcity sort of the 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 hits don't do insta kill damage you know you really are fighting a battle against you know just the normal monster i don't know whether it's the monster no because you fight some human opponents quite quite often there's all sorts of rogue gangs of raider types in a lot of these different tube stations nazis and and (laughs) reds and so on and you're having to fight your way through a lot of these and again it's that sort of oh god our species is on the edge of extermination why are you people doing this you know look there's 
freaking monsters and gargoyles and things out there. Why where do we have to, why do I have to like go through this this Nazi occupied tube station like a like a hurricane and kill all these other human beings, you know? There's a species on the edge of extinction. And you do get that from a lot of the background chatter as you're wandering through some of these outposts. But, you know, there's a lot of voice work gone into the people just sat there chatting to each other and you you're building up a, again, it's that tell in gameplay yeah. rather than here is a big exposition scroll at the start and off you go. And you're sort of building up this picture of a world that's, you know, there might be other survivors, but we're probably never going to be able to contact them, that kind of thing. Because you've got, what, a couple of thousand people, tens of thousands of people at, at most, you know, living out in the living in the uh, the shattered subway system of Moscow. I mean, where is the next other other people in Los Angeles? Who knows? Who cares? How would you know? So you it just sort of jars. But that's not such an unbelievable thing either in a post-apocalyptic mm. scenario where there's only, like you know, tens of thousands of human beings left. Yeah, yeah. They're not all going to work together, you know. They're not. Yeah. There's not going to be a moratorium <laughs> on strife, you know. We're not going to all band together against extinction. We're just going to carry on being the same petty idiots we always are. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I've been a huge fan of post-apocalyptic stuff. But I'm really liking this much more than than the Fallout series because the Fallout series just is is determined to make a sort of wacky, you know, turn it into a wacky comedic black comedy thing all yeah, the way yeah. through. You know, the things like the bloody mess perk and and just the pe- the the, the bomb Bonkers egg whisk robots you meet and stuff like that. And there's none of that going on in here at all. This is utterly believable. You, you know, apart from perhaps some of the more weird psychic monsters that you come across. But you, you know, you could see people would be living like that. You get the occasional above ground sort of section where you're sort of going through the shattered ruins of Moscow, and that reminds me a bit of the DC area. It, some of the DC sections of Fallout Three, you know the big sort of cityscape, yeah, yeah. and that's done well. It's and it's not all sort of yeah, again sort of bonkers sixties and fifties stuff lying around everywhere. Is 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 how you'd imagine a twenty year old ruin of of the present day to look. There's traps everywhere. Traps. The traps really are surprising. I mean, you see them sometimes in the Bethesda games as well, but they're often very very highly <laughs> land, highly <laughs> highly signposted. Don't tread on the mine. Here it is. <laughs> well, I'm always sort of going through doorways and snapping bits of string and then just having a two by four come down on two bits and they don't insta kill but they will damage you quite badly you've got you can carry five med kits it's that old red edges of the screen as a health bar yeah, type yeah. thing so you've got no idea how close to death you actually are but if it, if you're having trouble seeing through all the red then probably stab a health stab a med kit in yourself you know but all in all very tight and very i i suppose i use the word controlled you you feel like you're on a very controlled experience going through this thing and it is a, you know complete each set piece move on but you on the other hand you don't have this whole fade to black now here comes a cutscene where you, you know where yeah. you're just watching a movie that oh look that probably has my character in it no that's all going on to you and around you and i suppose you can see it has taken a lot of inspiration from the original fallout um uh, the original half-life series because that that is the style and the game and it, it does come across i'm not surprised it is a, a the redux version is essentially a remaster of a decades old game because it feels like a game from that era and that's not a bad oh. thing well, it's decade old. It's not decades. I don't know. But... It's still a 360 game, so it would have come out in the lifetime of this podcast. Okay, but in that case, it's even then it would have been, I suppose, a retroish experience because everyone else was turning to Rome boxes. Sure, at that it point. was the end of that when everyone else <clears throat> was well. But I don't. I don't. There were quite a few, but they were dying off. And we but I do miss them. Yeah. Them. I mean, obviously, I've got you know old copies. I can I can play old, those games from that time. But it's nice to play something relatively fresh and relatively new, technologically speaking. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the look and feel. 
feel of it all's good. The, the the work with the darkness and light, which is obviously a major feature of this game, is is really spot on. You get the real sense of. I mean, it's one of those few games where I've taken the gamma slider seriously. You know, you know, we're not games. It pops up at the start, move the yeah. slider until you can barely see that. Just, yeah, whatever. Next, you know, I don't normally bother, but I thought, well, no, it's going to be a essentially a survival horror kind of underground post-apocalyptic thing in tunnels and darkness. I thought, all right, let's, let's make sure the, the gamma, and it really does does work well. It really creates that sense of menace. And I suppose it sort of t- it feels a bit like um, Alien versus Predator Two. You know, not not the original AVP because that was a bit more yeah. of a sort of yeah yeah set piece level type thing. But the second one, the the monolith one, before the remaster or the reworks or whatever, there was one that. This is the fifth of November, by the way, everyone. <laughs> so you might be hearing explosions in the background. Do not panic. Um, yeah. Panic. <clears throat> but yeah, it sort of feels it has that sort of very cinematic feel to the whole thing. But that does come with the downside in the who wants to watch an action movie for fourteen hours? <laughs> I can do small bits of it, but then it does deliver itself in a kind of very sort of episodic kind of manner. You know, there are set piece, quiet bit, set piece, quiet bit. It's very well put together, and I highly recommend it. I mean, you know, it's it's a different perspective on on perhaps a tired genre, but it's it's the 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 sort of style and the delivery reminds me of everything that was good about that style mm. of old that old the old trope of yeah okay it's you know an l-shaped corridor with a lot of talking in it but sometimes in the mood for an inter- what is amounts to an interactive action movie rather than something a bit more here's a massive hundreds of kilometers square thing with a lot of towers to go and climb you know i mean i'm in a different mood for those sometimes as well but no i really recommend it i probably will go well obviously i'm going to keep playing it till the end because i'm really getting involved in it but i probably will get the last light as well which yeah. is the because uh, i think there's another one a new brand new one in in work or kickstarting or quite close to development yeah so i think i can't remember what that was called now but the, yeah the, the same people who've done metro and yeah. probably just called metro i don't know what yeah have a look on have a look on steam or wherever but Please go to a more reliable podcast for information about... <laughs> I don't come here for facts. But there is a third one in the instalment that's utterly brand new and not out yet that they're working on or quite close to that everyone seems to be quite excited about. It, it does strike me as the sort of game that does attract and maintain a, a quite a following, yeah. you know, the people who, who like the very specific way of doing things here. And I, I find I'm, I'm quite liking it too. So I recommend that. I like, I think cool. I like that a lot, yeah. yeah. It's a sort of Fallout meets Half-Life but taken a bit more seriously than, than Fallout does. <laughs> you yeah. know my favourite thing about the game yes currency currency oh i forgot yeah the currency bullets yeah <laughs> it's not bottle caps yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's actually ammunition yes. it is the useful thing you, something which has inherent worth there's a very limited sort of economy to the game you basically you hunt go around mostly you're just searching dead bodies for ammunition for your guns and stuff but but also sometimes they'll have military grade military grade ammunition which essentially is the currency in this world um you know really high precision high quality bullets because the the armories and the, the manufacturing of that period are really quite shoddy because they're survivors yeah. living in tunnels so if you can get your hands on some top grade 20th you know 21st century mush- russian military bullets they're worth a lot of money and you, there are there are there's actually little booths where you can change those <laughs> change your existing <laughs> ammo into those and vice versa and also when you're using i think the ak-47 and similar right, guns that that your currency also exists as an additional ammo source so when you run out of actual bullets for it you switch over to start firing your money <laughs> <laughs> and i thought oh wow these bullets are really good they're doing a lot of damage and setting them on fire when they hit them oh my god my cash is going down <laughs> switch to the shotgun get the knife out yeah it, but- it's sort of pay to win <laughs> 
<laughs> but you sort of think, yeah, that makes a lot more sense than bottle caps. But then the, bot- the whole bottle caps thing was just an, yet another sort of black humour in really joke in, 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 in that game anyway. So, so it, it's a, it's nice to be in a sort of consistently believable post-apocalyptic world. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. this a lot, yeah. It's a game I always keep meaning to go back and finish. You, yeah, you played it with... I played it for a bit. What do you mean? Uh, I liked it and then stopped playing it. But I was playing it on the 360 back when it released. And I have it also because I am like that on Steam. <laughs> and then I got the Redux versions for free when they came oh, yeah. out. Yeah. So I shall probably go and play that. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. It's not too horrific in terms of survival horror. I mean, it does an occasional jump scare here and there, and but mostly it's it's more aliens versus alien. Yeah. You know, it's more the sort of fighting off the hordes rather than having one all powerful creature stalking you for eight levels. So, but maybe maybe it does that, and I haven't got to that bit yet either. So yeah, well, definitely worth a look. I like it. Mm. Over to you. I'm going to talk a bit about a game called. Stories Untold. Stories Untold. Okay. Which is a interesting little difficult to say what genre of a game it uh, is. One of those. Uh, which has basically four parts in it. Okay. Uh, you start off playing. Uh, the last three parts are locked, and you, you end up in what is basically guy sitting in front of his computer. Yep. Which is uh, Spectrum Plus Two with a different name, and it's too thin; it's not thick enough. Uh, playing a text adventure, uh, and so you're typing away, playing a text text adventure. adventure. Wow! And then that develops into um, some interesting little things. I'm mm-hmm. uh, being very careful of spoilers here. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you, you sent me a Steam yeah. code for this thing, and I'm, I've, I've downloaded it. I haven't started yet. And then, so. it, then it goes into the next part, and there's four different parts, and they're all stylistically very different. You know, one's a text adventure. Uh, one is you with a set of machines following instructions, looking in the manual, looking up and what to do. Okay. Uh, and so it'll be right. We need to do this thing. Okay, this needs to be on. This needs to be off. This needs to be at this setting. Hit the button. Boom. That worked. Okay, and so then it's a puzzle. There's another one where you're basically having to do uh, responses based on messages being sent to you, which you're then looking up on microfiche. <laughs> Sounds quite dated. Yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah, and then the, there's a couple of walking around bits as well. Um, it's bleak. Bleak? I will say it's bleak. Oh, I don't like bleak. I suppose I do. Post-apocalyptic games, yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's... Mm. It's really not a walking sim, but it really reminds me in some ways of um, Dear Esther. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a certain melancholy to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and until you find out what's going on and what ties these four different stories together. Mm. Um, I mean, the first one you finish, you go straight to the second one, you know, nothing at all connecting them. And then you realise, oh, this and this are actually connected. And there's uh, an interesting, slow development. By the time you get to the fourth, it, it's all being very, very clear as to what's going on and resolving it. And it does have a very, very clear resolution, which I liked. I uh, Playing through, I was worried that it was going to build up all of these things, yeah. not really say what they're about, and then at the end of it just have <laughs> a, a hanging ending. Deliberate inexplicability. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. in reality, it actually said exactly what was going on and got even bleaker, but it said what was going on. And I so really sort of satisfying in, in yeah. that sense. Yeah, It's satisfying okay. in a very, oh, that's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind that necessarily. I, I don't like the ones where they just create some really bizarre setting and backstory and then refuse to explain it at all. Yeah. Because there probably isn't even an explanation, but you're sort of left trying to, you know, join the dots yourself and come up with all sorts of weird theories. No, there's no needing to 
uh, draw any conclusions as to anything yourself because it does tell you. It's yeah. very straightforward. And if you do want something <laughs> which is a bit vague, then by the end of it, this is not going to be the game that yeah, fair enough. will do that. Mm. But it's interesting and it's incredibly interesting. And, and the way it's put together and the way it's foreshadowing and calling back on stuff is really nicely done. Uh, you'll be going through on one of the walking levels, you see something in the background and think, oh, hang on, that. What's that doing there? And actually, it's a call forwards to the yeah, next thing that's okay. coming. And Sounds clever. Yeah, it's really nice, and I, I quite enjoy it. It's quite entertaining in a bleak way. Well, I will definitely have to give that a go, because I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> I've it, started it. Also, it has advantage of it. It's one of that genre of game, well, what that, that niche of game, which is uh, it's a couple of hours to play all the way through it. Mm, okay. and doesn't outstay its welcome. It really doesn't outstay its welcome. You can do it in a couple of hours. Okay. More if you, say, get um, very confused and uh, start trying to collect everything. There's <laughs> three collectibles going through it as well, which yeah. uh, aren't signposted at all. Uh, so, But once you figure out that there's probably something, you might get a little bit caught up thinking, I'm going to have to go for it. I am increasingly time. learning to let those go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's been a struggle, though. There's one where there's cassettes. <laughs> One, yeah. one of the walking around bits is cassettes line. Then you're mm. thinking, okay, yeah. yeah, there's obviously loads of these. You have to find them all through, never trying every door. And... Mm, Metro has those. And the problem with Metro is you can't go back. It's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you were paying attention during every single section and grabbed each diary, you're going to end up with blanks in your diary log, which yep. essentially acts as a kind of journal. I bet mm. there's achievement to that, isn't there? Almost certainly, yeah. There always is. So, yeah, I really like it. It's, it's a, uh, an enjoyable little um, experience of a game mm -hmm. with actual proper gameplay where, you know, you'll be getting information, you have to sort of decode it and uh, work out what it means to a certain extent. Oh, I love that by stuff. By going into looking at references and going through and doing something with that information, which is actually quite enjoyable. I, I, it's one of those games where I ended up with a bit of paper next to me yeah, yeah, writing yeah. things down, which doesn't happen <laughs> that often, just because there's some numbers which Scraps you need. Scraps of paper with clues on, yeah. You, you can't, you, I discover those, like, five years later. Yeah. Like, what the hell was that about? <laughs> yeah. My brother had a, had a whole folder for uh, Fez. Folder? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, mm. it, it's all simple stuff, like the fact that I was needing to... Uh, take the phonetic alphabet or Morse code and then put it through a decoding table okay. and put it out. And all I needed to know what the fifth and ninth letter uh, number was in a sequence. Yeah, kind of yeah. That sounds interesting. I mean, not, yeah, not everything has to be a 40-hour yeah. Rome box with towers. And I, I, I appreciate it because I, I keep getting to the point where I'm a little bit I'm willing to start a game because I just look at it and think, oh, that's going to take me forever. I can't really be asked to start. Well, that. yeah. And so having these small games really does help. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's been a long time since I've been able to commit to a single game and like spend 20 hours a week chipping yeah. away at it. You know? I, mean, I, I quite often think of something like Skyrim and think I should finish that and then my brain says no you won't so I don't <laughs> well I mean finishing Skyrim is a very subjective term anyway do you mean yeah, just, just get you to just the end of the plot the main dragonborn yeah. plot yeah that does, that's not too long you can push on that I and... will get distracted <laughs> no one has ever just done the plot I, I do mainly because of the wolf I've that mountain mm, yeah was it a bear or something wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> on that path, yeah. oh, the 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 thousand, the seven thousand steps to be yeah. the greybeards. There is a is an Arctic troll halfway up. Oh, there. that was a snow yeah. troll. That is yeah. quite a quite a fight, especially since the people down in the village at the bottom say, "No, nah, it's just a wolf or two up there. You'll be yeah. all right." Yeah, he's yeah. horrible gating, and there's no way to walk around. Well, him. Lydia can tank it fairly well if you still got her around, or or just yeah, a lot of lot of scenery exploiting works. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, yeah, there's lots and lots of long games that I can't be asked. Um, yeah, but well, that's, ha- not, having, that's not wrong. Yeah. Having uh, these small games crop up every so often, so I can just sort of spend an afternoon playing them. Yeah, very distilled experience. Yeah, I find it very enjoyable because then I go away, I have a little think about it. Highly intense, but very small. There's nothing. There's nothing Rant wrong about with it that. for a couple of minutes on the <laughs> podcast, and then uh, it's done. It's gone, and it's oh. over, and I'm quite happy with that. Because with the yeah, I mean Skyrim is fine in many ways, but when all said and done, the part of its longevity is just doing the same kind yeah. of ta- raid the cave or you know clear out the crypts over and over and over again. And if you enjoy doing that activity, then yeah, there's no problem with it. And that's essentially why Skyrim does so well is because it is essentially a single player MMO. But but the individual quality of the specific experience, you could raid one cave and then be done, put it away. Yeah, you know. And that's, I've seen this game now. Yeah, I've seen all this game has. Well, to offer. that's enough for now, you know. And then come back later and uh, carry on or whatever. But, but yeah, the, where the, where the game is such a small, discreet, and you know, well designed, tightly packed beginning, middle, end, finish type thing without hundreds of widgets to find or now go and get gold in all the side activities there's, there's a definitely a place for that and, a, and a, perhaps an appreciation that certainly i think i need to develop a bit more as well i do tend to go in for the big long long haul stuff but i just not that interested in that kind of thing these days so yeah the smaller games i think probably would be more welcome yeah hmm. yeah so that's quite a good game cool uh i'm gonna talk about rebel galaxy Rebel Galaxy. Rebel Galaxy, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, my continuing ongoing... Uh, well, I, I recently got the Starfinder core rule book. Um, oh, yeah. This is utterly unrelated, but uh, it got... Because I'm constantly on the lookout for decent science fiction, science fantasy-type experiences to indulge in, because, frankly, the real world is not getting there fast enough. And it appears to be going backwards. And got, I've got to this point in my life, and I've, I've, I've starting to come to the terms with the fact that I may never get to command a spaceship with a warp drive. Yeah, and that's a that's a terrible realization. I'm, I'm not a, quite there yet. A terrible realization in a young man's life, you know. Um, I mean, you just get there and you think, oh, it was all lies. There is no, there's not going to be any Star Trek. I've been playing lots of arcade games, and no one's ever asked me to be in their space armada. <laughs> Famous recruiting process, yeah. But so, so I, instead, I, I flee to to escapism. Um, and yeah, we've been doing a lot of Pathfinder pen and paper role playing. I'm doing that again on the Fridays. That's that's good fun. Re- resurrected the old campaign that we were halfway through. Going well, yeah. um, but pays... how many have you killed this time? No, I, I, it's it's tricky because there's seven of them in the party now, and and the, I'm I'm trying to come to terms with how the maths works. You can't just add three monsters. It's, add a dragon. <laughs> you can't just add a three dragon. Three kobolds and a dragon. Just if in doubt, add a dragon. Yeah. Oh, well, I might try that. Yeah. There's one. Terrible GM. There's one pickpocket and a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Every encounter needs a dragon. Sixteen city guards and a dragon. I'll see what I can do, but I'm top working. Yeah, bringing it back up to speed. And I, I, I injured the, the wizard quite badly this week, so that was that was good. I'm getting there. Yeah. Who plays the wizard? It was uh, uh, Solomony. Oh, yes. So, um, that's but, a bit cruel. <laughs> You know, he, he he did he did launch a fireball at most of my creatures, and that would make them quite angry. Yeah, See, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to use monster psychology. Oh, something just flung a load of fire at me. I'm going to go and kill it. I'm going to stop it doing it. I should go and eat its yeah. face off. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, so Pezo, who do Pathfinder, uh, have just released uh, the culmination of uh, however long work they've done uh, uh, the the core rulebook for something they call Starfinder. It's a lot of work because it involves going through a search for a place and changing path <laughs> to star. <laughs> well, I was wondering if that's what it is. It's 
Starfinder essentially is a science fiction role-playing game based on the, the more or less the, the 3.5 D20 rule system that they used for Pathfinder. But there's quite a lot of changes and differences and streamlinings to the rule set, which I haven't got to yet. But so far, I'm just reading through the backstory and the thing, you know, uh, the the sort of world and settings part of it all. Anyway, so that was all brilliant, and I thought, ah, oh, I need more space, more star, more starfighters and stuff. And so, you know, type, looking for the space tab uh, tag on Steam. Yeah. Came up with Rebel Galaxy, uh, which I'd not not played or heard of. Had a quick look through. Uh, I might own it. Very good. You probably do. You tend to buy everything. <clears throat> also, I made a point of buying that on Good Old Games because I've, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm just tired of, of everything. I all, all my entertainment experiences being tied up in in Valve's clutches. Just you know the best thing about buying it on Good Old Games. Well, I got a free copy of Tales from the Borderlands because uh, it was Halloween. Don't know. I'll play that at some point. It wasn't what not I was sure after. Sure, that's the best. Thing. <laughs> What's the best no, thing? No achievements. No achievements. Oh, good. Yeah, excellent. But no DRM, which is nice yeah. as well. Um, they make a point of that as well, which is why there's a lot of stuff you'll still only ever find on Steam. I even installed their launcher. Yeah, I've because, got their GOG I, Galaxy client. Because it doesn't seem to be at all obtuse. Uh, no, it's all right. It's just, it's a, nice. it's just a download manager and library, as far yeah. as I can tell. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm trying to do more to split my gaming library across multiple platforms, insofar as they exist, rather than just, you know, Steam being in control of my entertainment forever. Anyway, so Rebel Galaxy, I'll talk about that. Yeah, it's um, it's a space... It's, it, it, you know, yeah, space combat trading type game. You know the, My you know the drill. Kind of yeah, game. combat trading, exploration, all that sort of thing. You you're playing capital ships all, all the way through. You, you're basically you're. I don't even know what your backstory is, but you've been contacted. You're a by, man. You're and a woman. You're a person uh, who has been contacted by their aunt Juno, who's gone missing, uh, and has sent you a, a re, an inexplicable relic, and also given you a massive, impressive spaceship. Uh, I'm trying so, to think if I played this or if it's exactly. The same and then as you go off. <laughs> You have to go off and try and find her, and then you find yourself following a trail of strange alien alien contacts who want you to do various jobs for them. And while you're doing that, you might as well upgrade your spaceship and earn some credits. This all takes place in a big solar system. Interesting gameplay to it, although the capital ship is quite beefy, and that's not what you expect right off the bat at the start at the start of it all. You you know you're in something that's about the I don't know, it's hard to tell the size of anything in these games because you've never got any kind of scale <laughs> but it seems something along the lines of the the Corvette the Corellian Corvette at the start of Star Wars okay. the New Hope that kind of size sort of ship it's got turrets it's got broadsides although it should be pointed out it's never quite clear how big the Corellian Corvette and I know, it gets is. larger but, and smaller in each <laughs> mainly because the model was actually designed to be the Falcon oh I don't know which um, is why it's got windows at the front which you about person uh, size yeah. uh, Interesting. But you didn't want to use it because you saw Space 99 and saw they had really nice spaceships and thought it was too similar. Hmm. I've completely lost track of what I was talking about now. Okay, okay. I can't... Rebel Galaxy. Rebel Galaxy, yes. Anyway, so you... It's basically Assassin's Creed 4 in space. Oh, okay. So yeah. the ship combat from Assassin's Creed 4 specifically, I, the, the, I don't think there's any getting out and walking in stations type stuff. That's people. all just menus, no. Is there a bizarre <laughs> stealth level in a ship? Uh, I haven't come to one yet, but I, I wouldn't put it past them. People tend to try that yeah. nonsense. No, you're in a you're in a, a pretty hefty capital ship with top and bottom turrets, with broadside launcher cannon things, and basically, yes, it's all done in large turning circle 
broadside combat against all other other types of ships as well. It's um, so yeah, you need to sort of pull the camera around to the side, come up alongside your opponent, and then you right, hold right mouse button and the sort the, the the white sort of arc thing that you yeah, get in yeah. Assassin's Creed that's there, and that sort of sh that narrows and goes yellow, and then you left left click to fire, and it's basically trading blows. It's real sort of you know eighteenth century naval combat, but Sounds in space, it's it's well, it's made even more so in the the the, the whole thing's locked onto a flat two D plane. Space, uh, space is an ocean. Two-dimensional. Yeah, thinking. yeah. You can't fly up or down. It's only ever left or right and accelerate. <laughs> so, so the whole the whole thing takes place on a flat plane. I mean, the little fighter ships that attack you can go there. They're allowed to go up and down. Yeah, but then you need <laughs> you, so you switch from your broadsides to your top and bottom turrets to deal with those, and you have to sort of snap lock to the turret to them and let them have it. It's it's quite an engaging and interesting sort of combat style. Actually, I'm quite I'm sort of getting the hang of it. It's not what you expect, and it's not what you're used to, especially because it's got all the space accoutrements yeah. to it. It is yeah. essentially. A science fiction game, but it plays very much like uh, Pirates of the Burning Sea or Black Flag or Star Trek Online to some extent. But although Star Trek Online, you're allowed to go up and down in that, whereas this is locked to um, locked to the flat plane. So yeah, you got various different outposts there with all their little market market commodity boards that you buy and sell cargo there's lots of exploration to do out in these star systems which are pretty huge one thing i have i have trouble with is it seems to control it seems to want to control how fast you're going you can set the speed in court you know 25 increments with q and e but you tend to speed up and slow down depending on how close you are to stuff uh. So as you sort of as you fly away from from a thing that's quite interesting, you'll start to move, ramp up to yeah. warp speed, <laughs> and apparently it keeps telling me off for for stopping warp speed myself because it keep, the, the tooltip keeps popping up and saying, you know, if you get near to an interesting thing, it will come out of warp automatically. And I, I don't believe that for a minute because I'm sure I've shot past things that I wanted to stop <laughs> and have a look at. So I'm sort of fighting the controls a little bit, but it is such a sort of strange and unexpected mode of controlling it all, but you know, for a spaceship. So you've got all sorts of various interesting little star, star outposts there. There's little pirate clans with, with an unf the usual unfeasible amount of capital-class military hardware. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time where pirates need to stop being pirates and just become... That a, is an, an that's army. army. Yeah, that is... A, that is a, <laughs> you might as well just move on Earth at that point. <laughs> if you've got that many fighters and that many capital ships. Where do they get this stuff? I mean, how did I, I, it's sort of beggar's belief how pirates in the real history, in real past, got that th those kinds of ships and just, just I suppose they're just nav actual naval ships and naval crews who just went rogue in, um, in history. Well, if, Surely if they you, weren't building these galleons and men of war and stuff out in the Indies or. Well, quite a lot of uh, piracy was actually sanctioned by governments against yeah, other forces. Yeah, yeah. So they would have been provided the ships anyway. Maybe yeah. So so yeah, it's this that kind of thing. It's sort of quite cheap and cheerful. I mean, the, the plot's moderately engaging. Of you know, I've got the strange artifact. No one knows what is. And I've got the missing relative who turn, turns out to have a shady past. Is your spaceship a magic spaceship prototype? No, no. It's a fairly standard bottom of the line. I mean, the the the, the shipyard in the various star bases has got a whole series of different upgrades. There's not a vast number of other ships, but they are all massive capital things. So you you, you buy your way up the rankings there. Your ships have various uh, equipment slots that you can upgrade the the abilities of interestingly the guns come in different mark one mark two mark three tiers but within those tiers you've got usually got three or four different types of guns that have different characteristics okay. which is interesting things like the broadside cannon you can get ones that have a much longer range but are slower to fire or nearer yeah. ones with a widespread or ones that are better going for shields or armor and so on so there's a certain amount of customization there there's nothing i've seen so far that suggests a character sheet or character abilities particularly so i think it is just earn the money get back get more powerful 
But uh, oh, the music's fantastic as well. It's got this real sort of Firefly-esque steel guitars sort of thumping oh, cool. bluegrass thing going on all the way through. And it, it, it's not the usual either orchestral or... Yeah, no, it's no, it's this real sort of Firefly style sort of bluegrass, yeah, steel guitar acoustic sort of thing with, with a rock in the background there. And it, it, it seems really well tuned to the action as well, not quite up to the iMuse system where it's composing on the fly. Yeah. But, but you know, as you come into fight, it all kicks off, and it, I find myself just sort of tapping my feet as I'm playing <laughs> along in combat. It's quite good, quite enjoying that. It has got a really stylish sort of a real sort of look and feel and style all to its own. It, it, it is reminiscent of Freelancer in a lot of ways. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, pri- yeah, privateer sort of type of thing. But blended in, I think it takes an awful lot from the Assassin's Creed, you know, the Black Flagship combat thing. And if you liked that, and I know you did, yeah, I did. then you'll love this as well, because it is essentially the same kind of thing. Um, I, I mean, I, I sort of could take or leave the, the, the naval combat in Black Flag a bit in myself, but, but it seems to work quite well in, in a space context. I'm enjoying it. For starters, the, the, the broadsides don't arc, which is nice. Okay, it's flat yeah. trajectory because, you know, space. lasers. Yeah. <laughs> There's no gravity. So, so it, makes the, it makes the ballistics of it all a bit easier to cope with. Um, and, yeah, yeah, the upgradability of it all, is, perhaps it's just being in space makes me like it more. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I'm liking that a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, and I, I'm sort of doing small – I think, yeah, small dipping goes here and there. I think one of the things I'm having trouble a bit with is the difficulties a bit all over the place, though. Yeah. Because, essentially, you're roaming freely in a, in a, on a proper star system map. And I believe there are other star systems as well. There's a jump drive I can't afford yet. It's the usual early pro, early tutorial yeah. gating mechanism. <laughs> no, you can't have the thing that lets you go to other stars until you've mastered how to play. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's quite possible to sort of go just streaking across the middle to the next mission objective. There's a lot of sort of procedural in-game bulletin board missions as well as main story stuff. And, you sort of zigzagging around the solar system, and it's quite easy to get waylaid by by pirate groups that are much more powerful than you. And it, it will try and sort of tell you. You get a threat level warning of orange, yellow, red, or whatever. And so that's you know you you've got some indication of whether you should attempt to flee. And as far as I can tell, if you're determined to get clear, you generally can. Yeah. You know, this it's not they're not hyper fast or you know really shut you down you know you generally can run away if you need to but it's quite although yeah it's a bit it's a bit swings and roundabouts as to discovering what it is you should be able to fight because nothing seems to have a a level on it that i've seen so far perhaps they do have a number on them somewhere that i should be trying to pay attention to so perhaps i just need to pay more attention to this this threat threat warning thing but but that'll come with practice that'll come with experience i think um and yeah really enjoying just the, the sort of look and feel of it all and some of, the, some of the aliens you meet in the bars are quite good as well. Proper sort of, you know, real alien aliens rather than sort of rubber forehead people. And and they're all they're all using the sort of made-up Star Wars-style alien languages with the <laughs> subtitles underneath. <laughs> so it lends, lends quite, a, quite a good feel to it all. I'm liking it a lot, actually, yeah. Cool. yeah. It's, 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 it's not a hugely in, in, intense, deep space experience. It's more of a, a quite arcade-y, I think, yeah. but, but quite engaging as well. So, Sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm going to keep going with that, see where it leads me. Yeah. Over to you. Shall we have a quick discussion or post-mortem? Oh, is it rant time? No, we have a quick post-mortem on Sky Factory. Oh, yes, Sky Factory. Because we finished it. Yeah. And got, got there in the end. It would all be put out by the time this goes out. Okay, dokey. It's not going out for a week. So you managed to catch up with the episodes then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been caught up for a while. <laughs> yeah, so we, we finished it. 
Yeah. yeah, that's quite an experience. So I suppose my, my natural comparison is going to be with Regrowth, which is the other massive chained narrative mod pack we did immediately prior to this. I um, I don't know. I mean, certainly the the basic so the basic gimmick is that you are in the sky, stood on a block of dirt with a tree on it, and you have to somehow using this collection of mods and and your native cunning and wits recreate everything. Yeah. And it gives you a book. The book's a bit more freeform. It's it's essentially a list of things it thinks you should do. Yeah, and I didn't you, like the book as much. You could tick them off if you like, or you could even cheat and say you've ticked them yeah, off. Yeah, it never had not, an auto not, check. It doesn't check. Like. So yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, who are you who are you cheating at that point? If not only yourself, but so you didn't think the book was as good? No, I didn't think the book was as good. Uh, it didn't have as much structure as regrowth. It was more of a checklist, whereas the regrowth book tried to be a bit more narrative yeah. and, it, and laid you through. And in it's a really manner. and it's nowhere near as good as something like uh, Age of engineering which is incredibly channel you through and build on stuff and i've not even looked at that one yeah which works a lot better this seems like the weakest of the ones i've played Hmm. also well weakest but also more free most free for yeah you you give you it gave you most of the stuff you needed to get get going pretty early on it wasn't too much locked behind other stuff also we took way longer than we needed to to complete it because (laughs) uh figures yeah once you get to any certain point in it yeah like you get your chickens, you get your uh, plants. If you do everything right, yeah, which we didn't do, mm. we could have. Uh, well, we had infinite resources very early on, and we could have had way more infinite resources. <laughs> more and it would infinite. Been, it, yeah. it would have been a lot easier and yeah, more efficient. Yeah, more efficient. And it's where these always fall over. I think is the here you go. Right now you've got the point where if you want a bazillion iron, just make a bazillion iron yeah. like, up in the number of chickens, up in the number of plants, up in the number of trees or bees or whatever it is that one <laughs> uses. Yeah, there's this whole class of mods for Minecraft which essentially take some quirky mechanism but use it to deliver infinite resources yeah. very early on. The chickens was the main thing in here. So there's a whole bunch of chickens. What's the mod called? More chickens? Or yeah, something? too many know. chickens. Too many chickens. Um, and it, it has specifically disabled hmm. one of the chickens to mean that that didn't have enough resources. Was there another the star chicken? Two chickens were disabled. <laughs> yeah, but nether stars are easy enough to yeah. generate. It's the awakened draconium. That was the one that was the. Oh, there uh, was a chicken. That, that. Wow. that was a deliberate bottleneck put in by killing that chicken. Yeah. Um, and not letting you have it. So basically, otherwise, you, you have an old load of chickens that lay eggs, which essentially are, are resources that, that you could have have to normally go and mine for or do some really complicated construction chain for. No, we just got a chicken. It'll lay yeah. Them. Or seeds. In case the chickens weren't broken enough, you could also grow them all from seeds. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if, if we had used the right equipment on that earlier on, we could have really. Oh, those garden cloches. Yeah. Yeah, they were quite uh, quite OP. There's a lot of overpowered stuff. That draconic, whole draconic evolution mod is insane. Yeah. Which I think was the capstone of the whole thing anyway. It's, it, they sort of directed you to using that last. That didn't show up in regrowth at all, that one. That wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, that one's... It's got some nice stuff. I really like the big battery. That's really nice. Yeah. But all of the equipment is brokenly overpowered. The armour. Well, I don't know. You didn't do a Chaos Dragon fight. Yeah. Well, that was about, there was um, one <laughs> thing they put in to be tough. It's, yeah, you know, you know, your equipment's overpowered when they have to design a whole new class yeah. of monster to be able to, to to threaten you in it. Yeah, but yeah, I could have died, I think, against the Chaos Dragon. But apart from that, yeah, including including the reactor meltdown. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that's the other good thing about that mod is that reactor. 
<laughs> I, 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 I do great. wonder, I assume everyone watching knew what I was up to the moment we started building it. <laughs> yes. Why are they in a different dimension? Why, why, just... why have they gone to the nether? Why are they building this? And why is nobody concerned about getting the power anywhere? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he just wants to make a bomb. Yes, yes. I'll have to remember that in future. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and we had to do it in the nether, of course, to demonstrate the blast radius. Well, because there wasn't any anything to blast elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. would have just vaporised our base. The whole sky concept. So the Skybox concept itself is a clever idea. I like the idea of having to bootstrap everything from 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 nothing. But I imagine very quickly. I mean, we sort of kept it reasonably reined in. We would. It depends how how A to B to C to the end you're going, yeah. or whether you're going to go off and do lots of side stuff. I, I tried a bit of architecture. I was trying to yeah, make, tr- nice trying to make the base, you know, interesting and nice to look at as well. You know, so we obviously ended up building more stuff than was necessary. We could have done it in yeah. a much more compact, if we'd, if we'd just know, a square with a load of machinery on it, you know, generally. If we know what's in draconic evolution and we'd mm. known what was in immersive engineering, that's a, that's we a would have powered through an awful lot quicker. I think, yeah, I think half the struggle is knowing what is even available to you because I mean there was, was about that wasn't as bad as was regrowth more no I think this one had more than regrowth. yeah it was more either than... way there was about 120 150 mod packs well mods built into this one mod pack so that's 150 different sets of things most of which have their own kind of fuel or their own kind of yeah. steel or something you know there's about eight <laughs> different types of copper I think at yeah. one point so yeah just trying to get a handle on what's the best but then I suppose that becomes the mid game doesn't it that's the challenge and the puzzle solving is now now we have all yeah we've gotten past the oh my god there's a tree and a bit of dirt and that's it how do we how do we get from here to anything remotely approaching a normal minecraft world that can be solved relatively easy eventually yeah you know, within the first i don't know eight to ten episodes we were capable of mass producing dirt and mass yeah. producing cobble and we could have just yeah. carried on building as far as the, every horizon if we'd wanted to we, if, if we'd actually been on the ball where we could have been doing that episode three yeah yeah so from there you start to wonder right okay now so what's the objective now and the book provides the objectives obviously tick everything off in the book and there's a lot of interesting challenges i particularly like the age of insanity that seemed to me to be the most interesting chapter of that because that was literally doing really really unusual and exotic things with all of the tools at your disposal i mean some of the tasks were suggested suggested just very specific things like build the castle chest yeah. sort of thing you know well, that's just one mob pack it needs these build a load of those and Put we'd, it down. we'd by about episode 50 or so how many episodes did we do in the end uh 65 by about all right so probably about about episode 40 to 50 we were in a position where we could retool our automation to mass produce materials for any project we were then going to set off and do and after that it was just basically the last sort of 30 episodes where i was trying to understand some of the more obscure sort of far end mods like the dimensions for example or all the draconic stuff how does the infusion altar yeah. work well okay dimensions mm. again i've never used it before so that slowed us down if yeah, i knew yeah. If I'd known what all these mods are, we would have just powered through because none of these mods move on and build on the next. So, thing. is it the purpose of a, of a mod pack like this to introduce this know. vast selection of mods to people and let them explore and experiment or learn their way? Because I certainly felt that from Regrowth, because Regrowth definitely chained them. Regrowth did a lot more tweaks to individual mod packs which meant that in order to get started on this mod you needed to get the end product of yeah. this mod yeah. so you know just substitute what the basic material of this of this mod was for the end product material of another one that then turned the whole thing into much more of a linear now learn this now learn this yeah. now learn this sort of experience which certainly would do be- do a better job of teaching people the, the vast variety also, of mod it gives packs you more of a sense of progression <clears throat> yeah because i never got the sense of progression in 
No. It was, it was purely, right, okay, what, now what this ticks, week I'm going to do a bit on blood magic, because yeah, why not? What ticks can we just throw off this week? Yeah, but then, so the other alternative for a large chain mod pack like this is, is to present the whole thing as a puzzle-solving exercise, where you've got this, 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 and this, for example, a block of dirt and yep. a tree, <laughs> and we need you to do this, this, and this, and then it's down to, you know... So I suppose that's more an advanced task and challenge, because, you know, it's how quickly can you work ramp up through these different tools and and which which tools are the best ones to use to achieve this particular aim so that becomes a puzzle type mechanic a long overall puzzle mechanic based on your your wide-ranging knowledge of minecraft and 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 extra third-party mods and the systems that go with them so that's probably more suitable for expert players where something like root growth is probably more suitable for newer players who just don't know any of it anyway because a, a more linear approach like regrowth will probably teach you more or at least give you the opportunity to experiment more. Whereas um, something like the Sky Factory is, here it all is, go crazy. We want yeah, to do these yeah. these insane things. You know, and, and yeah, some of the mid-range ticks in the book were sort of sort of tutorially. There were things you would get on the way through rather than things you were aiming at. But the stuff on those last couple of pages was, was insane. That billion RF per tick yeah. type thing. That, that, there was one way to do that sanely. And it didn't work on our server. That in the the way that so I, I did actually end up going and looking up some of this stuff because it was, a, it was such an ask, such a ridiculous. For starters, you needed a vast repository to put the energy in. Okay, we yep. understand the big spinning yep. ball, dragon, draconic battery thing. Storing energy not a, a problem, for us. but then you have to generate the energy, and that was quite a challenge because a lot of the things you'd think were the best ways to do it, like that rainbow generator, or or indeed the the reactor that yep. we ended up blowing up that comes with the giant energy ball. That's the reactor that goes with it. That that didn't actually output a vast amount per tick um yeah may have kept going for a very long time and generated a lot yeah, of energy was, in total but it was only putting out yeah throughput so yeah. you know and, then, and there was all sorts of different tools available and that, that that became quite interesting as a challenge but in the end i had to go and just do some research and it turned out that yeah the simple generators near the star generator mark three was the single fastest throughput energy yeah. generator available and i still needed about 400 of them yeah <laughs> and then you still need to work out the wiring as well because you can't have any bottlenecks i found that whole challenge quite interesting quite fascinating but the yeah all the solutions i saw used a flux networks mod that was included in there but didn't work properly which essentially was a kind of infinite throughput wireless thing well so anyway we got there in the end but so it depends on the sort of experience you're after, whether you know a lot about systems and Minecraft in general and, and want to have a set of freeform puzzles, get to the end any the best way you can, the quickest yeah. you can. Sky Factory probably is the best fab. Whereas, also, hmm? the, the other one, uh, the quantum storage. Yeah. That really annoyed me because if I'd known, I would have set it going week one <laughs> and finished it because that was limited by how many it could take in a tick. That had a throughput of 64 input blocks per tick. So by the, once you've wired up 64 cobble generators to it... Yeah. Nothing more you can do there. You yeah, couldn't, you you couldn't have even have two sets going and then pipe them together because you literally sixty-four. Yeah, that's the throughput problem. And, and so you know, a penultimate episode ends basically with us having done everything <laughs> yeah, except just, for that finish. Just waiting for that, right? Well, that's sort of. Luckily, I had something else I wanted to do on the final episode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, what other sorts of large-scale aggregate mod packs are there out there like that? Well, there's data engineering, which is. A lot more like regrowth, but mm. the world's normal. Yeah. Uh, but they've just tweaked the mod packs to run from one to the other, and you go through different ages, which is each age is basically a mod pack. Okay. Uh, and 
it's quite nicely done and it just feels a bit more friendlier than you know, the oppressiveness of uh, regrowth. Well, regrowth the crack is, sand <laughs> regrowth is a, it's a post-apocalyptic yeah. adve- Minecraft adventure, yeah. I mean, it is, you, you're starting on a dead world and having to re- fix it all yourself. Yeah. Which I quite liked, narratively speaking. I mean, Sky Factory just didn't even attempt a kind of narrative at all. There wasn't a story there. You, no, were, just, you... you were just there, here are some things to do, go yeah. and get on with it, which, you know, is, is a way. Um, yeah. So I, I, I much prefer the refined storage to the uh, the uh, applied energistics yeah. ME system that we had in regrowth. Yes, even though you did keep saying that you'd rather have the channels. I loved the channels mostly because they were all different colours and it looked it looked aesthetically interesting. But yeah, <laughs> in terms of it, we had a lot of problems with our storage system in that first. Well, I, I, I think that those storage systems are also one of the things that's wrong with the mods. You reckon? Because. Okay, the the first problem we solve is get all the resources. Yeah. The second problem we solve is never have to build anything ever again mm. because we've got infinite power, infinite whatever we need. Yeah. We just add more recipes and we'll just stack that system up until the point where it's bursting with every recipe we need. With every resource as well, yeah. Yeah. Wish, yeah but then you're just basically, yeah, but you need, you still can't. I suppose the, the big thing with these mod packs with the big linky book is that they're attempting to compensate for a lack of imagination. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I've got Minecraft, I've got all this stuff, what will I do with it? You know, It's essentially like giving a kid a, just a big bucket of Lego. Yeah. You know, um, in, entertain yourself. There is a like, version of Sky Factory which is timed. Oh, my God. Which turns it into a, yes, this is a specific thing. A race. Yeah, yeah. Well, that becomes a sort of challenge endurance yeah. sport, I suppose, at that point. But you know, I mean, having a big book tell you what to do is all very well. But at some point, you're going to have to come step away from it and go, well, what do I want to do? What do I want to build? You know, and we're finding this that we got another. There's a how to murder time mod pack thing going on at the moment. You can probably find details wherever. Hey, but, go, go into uh, not forge anymore. It's twi- uh, Twitch. Snatch. Twitch. Twitch. Twitch yeah, Twitch. yeah. Click on the uh, Minecraft mods in there. There's how to play a time pack, which is basically yeah. Nick's a, a friend of the show has put together basically a, a fairly lightweight set of mods yeah. with no linking narrative structure. But and that is essentially back to a more Minecraft aesthetic in a way. You, you, I mean, I like a, I like a having having a purpose. But I'm finding on this new server we're doing with that mod pack, it's it's just a set of tools, and it's still yeah. up to us what to do with it. And so I decided to you know just build a little castle. You know, it's, it's very much a back to basics thing after these vast brutalism yes yes coming back to it after these sort of vast long mod pack chain sort of do all the things in order type thing it's nice to just be able to go and yeah and in fact one one of the uh early decisions everyone made on slack was we're not gonna have chickens or anything that really does completely screw up the uh, resource gathering Mm, a lot of these mod packs seem to me don't mind the miners they're fine so you got minecraft you got vanilla minecraft which is you know and that comes with survival mode and creative mode so survival mode is this you know the perhaps the standard thing we have to go and dig resources find iron build a little castle fight off zombies at night time you know it's all it's all very straightforward but then there's survival mode for people who just can't be bothered with all that nonsense and just want to build just want to make a make a lego castle or something and that basically, I've never actually, I've never used creative survival. Mode. Um, creative mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Survival mode. Oh, whatever. But yeah, so creative mode. I've never actually played it. But uh, from what I gather, you basically do have all the infinite resources. Yeah, yeah. You just you just, you just build what you like. You know, there's no, there's not not a scarcity thing there. You don't have to go and find the materials in order to make what you want to make. You just make what you want to make. Yeah. And it seems to me that a great many of these mod packs and individual mods even are a way for people in survival mode to gain creative powers. Yes. 
you're basically building up to the point where you have infinite power, infinite cobblestone, yeah. infinite yeah. resources. You can fly. You can fly. You're immune to monsters. You can rework the landscape. You know, it's basically just in-game ways of... And you have to start to wonder, well, why bother going to all that length? Why not just playing in, yeah. in creative? <laughs> a lot of these mod packs come with creative blocks as well. Yeah. So, for example, if a mod pack introduces a, a funky kind of electricity to run all its blocks, there'll often be a creative block that generates an infinite amount of the funky electricity. So you've got a creative option within a mod pack whose purpose seems to be providing people in survival mode the abilities of being in creative mode anyway. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, I do like I like mods. I, as I said before, I think I've just, you know, gone off vanilla Minecraft entirely for the time being, certainly. I mean, I just, you know, just building a wooden log cabin, it's all very well. But I like the puzzles, and I like the interconnecting machinery, and I like working out how to do a thing with you know, the process, yeah. Yeah. the industry of it all. is is quite interesting in a lot of these mod packs. I mean, some of these mods are, are very straightforward, like, you know, one one that just has, you know, different, co- different colours of brick. Well, yeah. Yeah, the chisel thing that's purely a cosmetic mod it doesn't really do anything it's, terms, it's a nice thing but, but yeah so yeah um, Sky Factory 3 I, yeah I didn't have any real problems with no, it. We, it, we, didn't, it, we didn't find any major bugs with the progression no, or, no, or the was, things I mean regrowth we had a couple we had to cheat a few things well in that's because the whole linking your uh, uh, quest thing is prone <laughs> to bugs yeah yeah there were a few bits where just stuff just didn't work but with the, the Sky Factory, it all worked. It all did what is, you know. And, and then I think there was, just because we didn't perhaps exercise it as much as we could have, there was definitely an opportunity for creativity there, particularly the terrain scanner thing. I don't yeah. like to have seen that come in much earlier. Yeah. Because essentially there's a series of blocks which regenerates the world. You're well, in the sky yeah. block. We could have used that much earlier. What we really need to do is, if we were to ever do this again, mm. actually have a look at what mods are in there. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> yeah. So Sky Factory 3 strikes me as an expert's. Yeah. Endeavor. You've got to know a lot about the various mods that are in there because well, like, you're just going to be the, frustrated. The quest book does not mention storage systems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If that, you that were just, you following, just yeah, if you were following the instructions, you will never get a storage system. Well, there weren't even instructions; they were just a, t- a tick list of do this, do this, do this. Whereas the regrowth book, it had a it had a real good go at explaining how to use a lot of the mod systems. So I think I think regrowth probably is more suitable for beginner Minecraft. Yeah. Well, yeah. beginners to mods certainly. You still got to know how Minecraft works. So and it goes out. It does make more of an attempt to explain how each thing does what it does for you what you know how to use it and that sort of thing um so yeah i think different different horses for different courses really yeah. i think uh i think to be honest i'm looking forward to not playing minecraft extensively yeah, look, i mean there's, we, we got minecraft, this little friends server that we're, we're, we're tinkering about on i don't mind just pottering about on there but I'm definitely pottering on there yeah just just put a, put a little little castle together and stuff i'm quite looking I'm quite interested in the so this sci mod Yes. So this is by that Vasky chap, the, the, the bloke who did uh, Britannia. Uh, and this Psy thing is actually about programming. It's, it's, yeah. uh, you, it comes with its own little resources. You build a little gun that can cast spells, and you actually build the spells using a grid of what amount of functions and, and constants and variables and so on, much like you would in an object-based programming language. I don't know a lot about programming myself, but... It, so uh, used to be a professional programmer. it comes with uh, just point that out. No, no QA. We we we, f- we break things, we don't fix them. But um, it comes with its own internal tutorial system that teaches you how to use it all pretty well. But it is quite heavy going. You got to be in the right mood to yeah. to get anywhere with it. But for example, my gun has six now has six modes, and one mode where you fire at the rocks, it digs eight blocks in a line. Yeah. Uh, one one mode you fire and it will dig all the parts of a tree in the trunk. 
just oh, takes the tra- well oh. the first the first eight or so. Okay. So it's different a different area, different angle. Um, there's one that will explode when it hits the ground. Uh, and my favourite spell I've made on there so far is you shoot at the ground and it makes the nearest animal bounce. <laughs> 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 makes the nearest animal jump two blocks, come back down again. So uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of staying away from Shelley's farm. <laughs> <laughs> it works on squids as well. I beached one the other day, but yeah, but that's the sort of. I know we're very early in on the, working through the list of things you can do with that, but it seems a hugely powerful thing if you understand it well. So I'm, I'm just decided to settle on that particular one. That I mean, I asked nicely, and Nick's way added it to the mod pack, so, <laughs> so I can tinker. He's with very it. good at that. Yeah, but um, but that actually was in the Sky Factory thing, and it yeah. wasn't mentioned at all no. in the book there were so many mods that had just been thrown in there yeah um i don't know if britannia was even mentioned i think we may have had to get one or two things no britannia was mentioned yeah but but there was quite a lot of mods in there that we just were thrown in and we didn't even touch or look at or notice were there so yeah yeah so i'm quite looking forward to a bit of a bit of relaxed semi-minecraft retirement to be honest if people do want another show then Suggest the mod pack, and we'll consider it. But I quite like year. to try some other survival yeah. builder if, if type you, game. Yeah, it's there any Do you other the space engineers. God, yes. <laughs> Do you know what they haven't fixed the bugs? I, I've been in there recently. It's uh, they've updated the art on a lot of the blocks, but yeah, I, I still don't dare build anything with rotors or pistons. No. And landing gear probably still bounces. <laughs> <laughs> Boing, gone. And they actually reinstalled uh, medieval engineers. Oh, I wonder where that's getting. To. I don't know. I, I was curious. Yeah. I haven't yeah. actually played it yet, I just reinstalled it. <laughs> but yeah, I think I could do with a break. Yep. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm. I think that's probably good enough. Yeah, do you spill? If you go on to hanamurdertime.com, you can see our previous episodes of the last 10 years of podcasting. If you uh, go on to YouTube, you can see all of our video versions of the shows and the aforementioned uh, uh, Minecraft series. And also, Tim, doing stupid walks places. Usually. Hiking. For the record, whenever he says, yeah. and I'm somewhere else, I'm in bed, asleep <laughs> in the warm. <laughs> I'm going to get you to come out on a hike one day. Maybe. I think it'll be instructive. Yeah. And you can Pick all... a nice two-mile job, you know, you'll be all right. Yeah. And if you uh, stick around, give us a sub, give us likes on our videos, listen to the podcast, sub to the podcast, uh, tell your friends about it so more people discover it, and uh, we'll be back next time with uh, what is turning into a bit of a countdown towards number 200 of... Oh, lordy. Time. Yeah, we're getting awfully close. We may just do nothing and not pretend it doesn't Start exist. working on the choreography. Which is actually, now. I think, episode 400 and something, if we clear everything. <laughs> we're, we, we're nothing if not inconsistent with numbering. Ah, see so, you. see you next time. Goodbye.